Welcome to Crop Watch Podcast, a production of Nebraska Extension. Welcome back to the Nebraska Crop Watch Podcast. I'm the host, Nate Dorsey. I am a water and cropping systems extension educator for the University of Nebraska Lincoln. I am based in Dodge and Washington counties. In this episode, we're going to be trying something a little bit different. Traditionally, the CropWatch podcast has been audio format only, so we've only had it available on Apple Podcasts and Spotify and a few other places. We're going to try offering the podcast as a video version as well. So if you're listening to the podcast in audio format, that's great. You can continue to be subscribed to the channel here. You can now also find us on the CropWatch channel on YouTube, which is a channel that we've had at the University of Nebraska for several years. So all of our podcast episodes will also be available there in video format. So no matter where you're listening to the podcast, whether that's on one of the podcast platforms such as Spotify or Apple Podcasts or YouTube, you can subscribe on all those places so that you can be notified whenever we have a new episode or content that we push out. And the way that I like to start every podcast episode is by giving a short overview of some current events and things that are being offered by the University of Nebraska. And the winter months, which is right now when this podcast episode is being recorded and released, are our busiest. One of these trainings that we have going on throughout the state is our pesticide safety education program. And there's a few different tracks for this. We have our private applicator licenses. We have commercial and we also have non-commercial. A few weeks ago, we had a podcast episode focused entirely on the pesticide safety education program. And we mentioned that we're also offering a Zoom option as well for those who might have a hard time getting to one of our locations and having an in-person training. So joining us on the podcast today to give us a brief overview of this Zoom option is Wayne Onisorg. He is an extension educator like myself for the University of Nebraska. He's going to give a brief introduction of himself and we're also going to have a quick chat about this new Zoom option that we're offering. All right. Thanks, Nate. Hi, my name is Wayne Onasor. I'm extension educator uh, with the Nebraska Extension in the Madison County office based out of Norfolk. And I also cover Pierce and Antelope counties as well. I'm an entomologist by training. As a result of the pandemic and needing to find um, digital ways to deliver certification training, we came up with the Zoom delivered private pesticide applicator training uh, through that medium. So I think it's really exciting. One, leveraging this technology, which is something that we've been looking at trying to do more in other programs. And the pesticide safety education program is obviously one that if you're a producer and you're having to apply restricted use pesticides, you have to take every three years. So this is a great option to allow that. So what, one of the questions that I'm sure that some of our listeners might have is there are a few different options for the private pesticide safety education program. And there are some differences between whether you're a first time applicant or a- attendee versus whether you're renewing an existing certificate. Does it matter for the Zoom delivered program? For the Zoom delivered program, it's just for private pesticide applicators. So our commercial and non-commercial applicators cannot participate in this program and get the training requirements met that they need. So if they're initial or recertification, it works for either one. That's great. Now, when it comes to the pesticide safety education program and and the private applicator certificate, there are some materials that when we do in-person trainings that we hand out to those who attend. Is there still a requirement that they need to have those books and other things that we give out? And if so, how do they get those? Yes, they do still need to get those books because 
There's some safety information in those. Those are also uh, materials that do get used during the course of the program. So you, you will need to reference that. So how do you get those? Well, first step is you need to register for the Zoom private pesticide delivery program. We have three different dates that you can register for. I'll get into those in a little bit, but I'll go through the process right now because it's the same. All the county offices have received the information that they need to register someone for those. So if you want to call into your local county office, you can register that way. Those individuals have all the details on how to get you going. And so once you register, I will get an email because we register using the Zoom programs registration feature. So we can get you an individualized link. So don't share that. It's only for you. So you mentioned that there are three different options available. Are, are there differences in content or subject matter for these three different ones? Or are they just different date options that are available? All three of them are different. The first one will be on March 8th at 9.30 in the morning. The second one will be on March 21st at 1.30 in the afternoon. And then the third and final will be on April 4th at 6.30 in the evening. The first one and the third one will both focus on corn and soybean production. On March 21st, that second one, we're going to focus in on pasture and pasture management. All three of these are going to have a set of breakout sessions so that you can kind of get tailor it a little bit to more to what you want to learn during that session. It sounds like a really good program overall. A really good option for those who might not be able to attend some of the in-person trainings that we have available because of scheduling conflicts or travel or, or who knows what. This is a really great option to still have that face-to-face -face and some having some of that interaction and some of those breakout sessions. It's a, it's a great opportunity to have some discussion with some other producers and also, of course, Nebraska Extension educators as well. That's the other difference between these. Most of the time when you go to an in-person training, you're going to get one Nebraska Extension educator there most likely. With these, there's going to be four to five of us on each one of those. Thanks, Wayne. I appreciate you giving that update. That sounds like a really great program and option for those who aren't able to physically attend some of these trainings. In our last episode, we talked with Chuck Burr, who helps with our TAPS program, which is a unique competition that we organize at the University of Nebraska Extension. In this episode, we're going to talk to one of the Triple Crown winners. I think this is our first Triple Crown winner as part of this competition, Tracy Zink, who won in all categories for sorghum production. So usually I host the Crop Watch episodes in their entirety, but this episode we're going to do a little bit different. We actually have Crystal Rhodes, who's going to be co-hosting this episode with me and talking to our Triple Crown winner. Crystal is the TAPS program manager for the University of Nebraska-Lincoln and helps coordinate this unique competition. So I'm going to turn everything over to Crystal for our interview with Tracy Zink. Today I am here with Tracy Zink from Indianola, Nebraska, and she was our big winner for the sorghum competition in 2022. Um, claiming all three of our awards, including the greatest grain yield, the highest input use efficiency, and the most profitable farm. So we're going to visit a little bit with Tracy today um, about her and her operation and how her feelings are towards the TAPS competition and her big win. So thanks for joining us today, Tracy. It's oh, great I'm, to have you. Yeah, I'm very happy to be here. Anytime we can talk about TAPS, it puts a smile on my face. <laughs> well, thank you. So so let's get started. Just tell us a little bit about yourself and your operation and maybe how you got to know about TAPS. 
Sure. Well, I'm third generation here. We're in the southwest corner of Nebraska and Red Willow County is where most of our ground is. We do both irrigated and dry land. And we have um, our rotations consist of corn, soybeans, wheat, and sorghum. And how I got kind of started with TAPS was as I got back, this is my 11th year being back on the farm, 12, somewhere in there. And I would go to the crop production meetings religiously every year to North Platts, where I always headed, and uh, Chuck Burr presented every time. And as they started doing presenting, telling about the TAPS program, I think it was the second year they started sorghum that they had done it one year in corn. And so Chuck knew me by that time. And I think he kind of, well, he planted a lot of seeds of interest, I guess, over the years. And so I think he knew I was probably a sucker and going to jump right in on it. And, and here we are five or six years later. I can't remember. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, I think that, so the sorghum competition has been going, this is this the fifth year of the sorghum competition. And I believe you have been in it every year. So yes, I think this is the fifth year you've done it. So there you go. Um, thanks to Chuck for pulling, pulling those people <laughs> in those first few years. So That's right. <laughs> anything that you learned from TAPS results, maybe this year specifically that surprised you if you, if you dove into them a little bit further than just at the banquet? Yeah, I've been, I've been studying it in part because I'm always surprised that well, it, two two things. I'm surprised with how close the yields are often and and or how much money we make, you know, the profitability and stuff. I would expect this competition to have a wider range of yields, just thinking that more people are trying different methods and and maybe pushing some extremes. And it just isn't showing up that way in sorghum. And so this year, you know, it looked like what day. We were around 160 average for irrigated. And then I said around 85 dry land for, for all competitors. And it reminds me a lot of wheat in that irrigated wheat just is hard to make it be as profitable as dry land. And that's what I'm starting to feel a little bit about irrigated sorghum. And so I'm having to, uh, you know, have a little come to Jesus with myself because I love sorghum. And so... I really want it in our irrigation rotation, but I have to go. It's not just about the pennies in the bank. It's about the biomass and the weed control abilities and, and water efficiency and, and some different things besides just what was our ROI cash basis. So, so that was, so I'm studying that because we are, we're ready to introduce irrigated sorghum before no one would have considered it in years past it was just like uh -uh, no way ridiculous and uh now there's a lot more a lot more beneficial reasons to look at it and hopefully we're showing some profitability potential and just to recap a little bit if people don't know so the sorghum competition was started as an irrigated competition fully irrigated people made the decisions on irrigation Last year, we changed that. Well, I guess two seasons ago, we changed that. And we started a dry land component and an irrigated component. So when Tracy's talking about both of those, our competition does include 250 irrigated acres, 750 dry land acres. So, and then we do a weighted average for the, for the competition results. So that's kind of what Tracy's talking about there. So um, I think it's a neat component too. All, you know, that, that we're seeing both sides 
And then mm -hmm. you can really see when you look at the nitrogen use, being able to see the difference between the yields of the wet when you have irrigated and now it's really been interesting so i'm really i'm glad we did that extra feature the extra um type yeah it has it has definitely been interesting for us on the backside to see those results as well yeah. so what were some of your philosophies or goals in the taps program this year i know you've been in it multiple years and maybe your philosophies and goals have changed but Specifically this year, since you were the big winner, you want to share some of those things with us? Well, I spent a little more time this year kind of getting out of my um, operation. So I've always done it very close to what I do on my farm. I'll tweak populations a little bit, something realistic. I'm not a huge risk taker, even though there's no true risk involved where I'd lose money. You know, so yeah, I'm a little cautious anyways. The philosophy has been maintain as close to what I will do when I implement irrigated, but there's still that element of competition in it. Um, and I find myself thinking about that with some of the decisions. I might um, be a little more aggressive marketing because there isn't a risk. If I think the price is great, whereas I may only do a 10,000 contract for myself, for the farm, for taps, I might do 20, you know, something like that, where it's just a little, you know, I've got skin in the game, but you know, I'm, I'm still going to make it if I don't, but the <laughs> crop insurance, that's one that, you know, I can, can, I'm not going to lose my farm if I don't have enough crop insurance on. And so in some ways, I don't want to just completely do okay with it because then I would have more money. It, it's been a tug for me to figure out which way to do it more along the gamesmanship or more along the practical standards. Interesting to hear and know from year to year how you've kind of changed it up too. So. I did spend a lot of time this, this in preparation for this year going back to previous years and kind of just looking and seeing what, um, what others had done. Because when I, my main focus is thinking about that population. So, you know, hybrid makes quite a bit of difference also. We, we've seen that um, when everything's consistent. So the population, I took a bigger step this year, more than just like a, you know, a 2,000 seed difference or something. I went five to 7,000 different. And so mm -hmm. it'll be fun for me to see, is that as far as I'll push it or will I even try more? or different next year. And I know you also had one of the lower amounts of nitrogen that you put on on the dry land plots. Can you talk a little bit about that and how you made that decision? Well, I religiously watched the soil samples and there was a considerable amount there. So I really looked close at what I think my yield goal is. And then I fertilized about 85% of that and see if my residual would take me above if the growing year, you know, allows. And so it, it's, um, there's a lot of uncertainty when it's not your soil because you don't know if it's tied up. I also only soil sample down to 20 inches and the soil sample we get from taps, I think goes to 30, 25 think, inches or 30. Yeah. So that was new for me to be watching that and see if maybe I can put a little less on at home because if it 
if it's there for taps, it's there in in my normal practice, I think. A great takeaway for, for others to make sure to keep an eye on those soil samples and the importance of doing for soil sure. sampling. So. So is there anything that you might try differently in TAPS or on your own operation next year after seeing this year's TAPS results? Well, I do think um, I am ready to introduce irrigated sorghum. So if our winter wheat crop that we put on our pivot fails, we will go in with sorghum. That's just, there will not be a corn crop or a bean denier. It will be sorghum. And if we don't go into the season with an adequate soil profile, I think we may have to split some of our pivots and we would do half of um, sorghum and half corner beans, de depending on the herbicides that we're spraying, because it gets a little touchy when you're that mm -hmm. close together. But I'm, I'm just committed to sorghum. I think I will be more aggressive this next year in possibly the fertigation. I can't remember if we did fertigation this year. We just had irrigation was scheduled, but I think yep. we could still put some nitrogen on. We, we just did pre-plant and side dress op yeah. opportunities in sorghum this year. So you didn't have the yeah, opportunity to fertigate, but that is something that you've, you've had in the past. So you can definitely right. speak to that from participating in past years. So. And that's been one thing for me is it's easy with the technology to try different things, but I don't have those things at my disposal. And so I've tried to not go too crazy we could have fertigation. So there's one. Um, we can side dress. So that's an important thing for me to really watch and, and try to see if it's beneficial for, you know, for income. Those are the things that I'll be watching close. It's a little bit more of the in-season tweaking, if I can. It's always great to hear from a producer and how they're putting their, what they've learned on TAPS back onto their own operations. So we always enjoy hearing those well, stories. And I, I tell you, Crystal, one of the things that I will do my very best to do next year that I wasn't able to do this year just with some scheduling issues is attend more of the functions. I learned a lot in previous years at those mid-season and the, the conferences that you host. Even if you don't go to the field and look, we're getting those updates and we're talking to other people. And so I really missed that this past year. And so I'm hopeful that... Um, Things will be different in 23 and allow me to attend more. We enjoy putting those on and we, we like to see that peer-to-peer -peer relationship that comes from those events. So that's always yeah. that's always one of our best decisions, I think, is to put on those those I, events. So and some of the most I think beneficial getting out of it is what you learn talking to others. And it doesn't stop at the TAPS competition. I continue to talk and network with these other sorghum growers across the state and, you know, down in Oklahoma now too. Also, it's just been, it's just been fun and it's refreshing. That's great. Well, I was, I was going to follow up with what's your favorite part about TAPS and talk a little bit about what, what you <laughs> enjoy the most, but I think you just hit on it. So <laughs> that's so. about, that's about it. I truly, those two things, the peer to peer experiencing uh, the new technology that's out and then just meeting networking and kind of expanding your awareness of both the crop and, and what's coming in our industry. We're glad to be a part of it and we're glad to have you in our TAPS competition and and we're excited for the 2023 growing season for sorghum. We are going to, just as an update, we are going to move the sorghum competition to Grant, Nebraska at the Stump International Wheat Center. So 
might be a little bit different managing it down there with different soils and everything, but we'll see how you do next oh, year, right? It's going to be like starting over, I think, but it'll, <laughs> it'll be, that's what they say. If, if you're not, if you're good, but I mean, there, there's a lot that goes into it and a whole lot of luck also, but being able to take your practices and implement them in different locations. That's what we all try to do when we're looking for different land to rent. And so that's one thing that I'll be looking for. It's like, okay, can I research those soils and still do what I've been doing and be successful with, you know, with the crop I raise. So, so I've, I'm thinking about that. I'm really anxious for March so we can start marketing and, and get things going. Well, thank you very much for your time today. And and we appreciate everything that you do to advocate for the TAPS program as well. So thank you for being a part of it. So special thanks to Crystal and Tracy for this podcast episode. And congratulations again, Tracy, on your Triple Crown win. It's very exciting. And we're looking forward to seeing your success in the TAPS program going forward. Thanks again for joining us on the CropWatch podcast. 